Coog's house. This is a Big 12 roster. It's my job to mold it. August 2nd, 2023. That's life in the Big 12. November 12th, 2023. At the end of the day, my goal is to play competitive football. November 18th, 2023. Year one of the Big 12. Knew it was going to be tough, and it was. It's not going to get any easier. Saturday, November 23rd, 2023. All said by one man in charge of our Houston Cougars. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, a breakdown on all things Cougs. If you have a channel or say can stop by, please be sure to hit subscribe down below. We will get the latest on Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first, or in case Cougars are dark, particularly last, listen of the day, every day. I do want to give away every 250. We're approaching that 1750 mark, hoping to get there for the important basketball game against Xavier this Friday. Hit subscribe, helps get there, like, comment, video, listen to the contest uh, if you are just too disgusted to talk about football things. Tell us, as it is Saturday night after Thanksgiving and we're going live, how long do you hold on to your Thanksgiving leftovers for? Because we're kind of getting to that point, folks. Now, i got a couple things to talk about here. Obviously, we're going to talk about what happened today, Saturday, November 23rd. Uh, second, we've got to talk about the Just Duarte article because that hit a lot of red flags for people, but it was behind the paywall. I'm not going to read the article to you, but we're going to talk about what it said uh, somewhat. And last but not least, uh, we do need to talk about what next steps are for the Houston Cougar program. Now, this is a live show of Cougars uh, After Dark, the Locked on Cougs post-game show on Saturday night. And we've got a handful of things people asking about meetings uh that's gonna be more in the duarte article alfred matthews sums up i think a lot of people's fans uh perspective when he says fire dana he said that open he said before the show started he was in there with the comments early uh walter williamson also said not sure how to respond to that game today i hate to admit that the talking heads were right about our season let's try to talk about that game today because for the first five minutes um i actually got my hopes up now i always get my hopes up so i think that's probably you know, just par for the course. But Houston had a four-minute and 26-second drive to open the game, which they scored a touchdown. Had a number of different reverses and round-type plays. 2-1 Boogie Johnson. He was very emphasized in the early part of the offensive game plan. Uh, Parker Jenkins had a couple nice runs in there as well. You saw Donovan Smith use his legs a lot. Houston ends up scoring on a 75-yard drive to open the game. That, again, score happened four minutes and 26 seconds into the game. Houston would go the remaining... 56 minutes without, or 55 minutes and uh, 35 seconds without scoring a touchdown again. Um, I, you know, I know I coach high school football, not Big 12 football. That seems like not a great way to go about winning. Now, I will say that there were other moments where, due to some poor field goal kicking from Central Florida, uh, including a couple of missed field goals and mixed extra points. It did feel like Houston was really never actually out of this game uh, for long stretches of it. And frankly, there was a moment where Houston had the ball and uh, frankly, it was a, I guess, technically three score game at that point, a 17 point game. He thought, man, like Houston could get a shot in this one. Uh, and then they drove down, had one of the more embarrassing goal line situations in offense I've potentially ever seen. Uh, they went from, 
I guess I did not watch the Alabama game a whole lot very closely. It was with my family a part of that one. Um, but Houston went from first and goal at the four to second and goal at the two to second and goal at the seven to third and goal at the 18 to ultimately running a run play that surprised the play-by-play guy on TV. Surprised him. He was like, oh, they're running the football uh, at third and 18 to get to a fourth and 16 field goal, which they did make to make it technically a two-score game with about 10 minutes to go. Um, Then Central Florida had a seven-minute drive, which they ultimately had to punt on um, because they were clocking, clocking, clocking. Houston then uh, had a four-play drive in which they turned the ball over, including a, a big hit on first down to Donovan Smith, which, you know, you only had about a minute and a half left at that point. Eh, I guess you had a minute and a half drive. You had about three minutes left of the game at that point. Donovan Smith knocked out, kind of knocked any chance of a two-score and three-minute comeback you thought would happen. Now, I have to, have to, have to say that um, – there is part of me that wants to say, like, you know, the coach in me, I'll say, wants to say, like, you know, UCF was a very impressive team. They have impressive athletes, guys worth mentioning, guys worth talking about. Um, but that feels short-sighted. Uh, Central Florida did not play their A game by any stretch. Now, John Rice Plumley is a very good athlete. We saw Kobe Hudson play, like, the game of his year. Um, we saw, frankly, R.J. Harvey, their running back, play very, very well as uh you know he carried the load there for them um he had what's this dead hill in here 21 carries for 136 yards and two touchdowns kobe hudson had nine catches for 98 yards right i mean they had very very good days um but across the board that wasn't central florida putting up 45 points like they did against oklahoma state that wasn't even central florida frankly having their best non-conference game against like a Kansas state that was a very much a central florida little bit off here a little bit off there missed the field goals here didn't get the fourth down there etc and while you could give credit to the defense for doing a couple different things it's hard to give defense credit when they're kicking field goals into the backs of their own offensive line and i wish i was joking the game just felt like we were um hmm out of it before we started i've got comments down here to talk some about it. oh people are arguing what are people arguing about uh, i guess big jack who is a frequenter welcome big jack uh said that since the game was worse than this one i think the deal with since the game was there was still reason to like put optimism the season in the game and uh, we'll talk probably more about that when we get the next steps at the end of the show um but I feel like that's probably why that one felt worse. Um, also points out that Rice was worse in this game. I think there's a rivalry aspect to Rice. Well, I want to drum up one with Central Florida because I'm weird like that, I guess. I want to be rival with everybody we play. Um, Rice has that already. And so there was something like, oh, we're going to lose to Rice. Um, the other thing about Rice is it was 28-7. They scored right before the half. But yeah, going down that early to Rice felt pretty, uh, pretty, pretty crappy. Um John Peterson talks about how bad the defense was. Um, I would argue Houston's bad on a lot of fronts today, not just the defense, although they'll get they'll fair, their fair share of the course to show here. Um, but Houston was Houston was just bad. Houston was bad against Central Florida in a game where, frankly, well, admittedly, they had like nothing real to play for. The the outside, are we a five win team that makes it because not enough teams make it deal, I guess, of the bowl game I tried to talk about a little bit the other day. But this was entirely like, can you spoil UCF's chances? Can you send the seniors out on a win? And can you get to five and eight um in your first year in the Big Twelve and be knocking on the door of a bowl game to set up 
next year's team. Now, um, I think a lot of people are asking this question from TI. Is that a calculator? TI7791. Um, where we go from here. And I think the last segment I want to do is looking at next steps. But a lot of people start asking those questions. Once one, Joseph Duarte dropped an article and a little bit of a, do we call it like a Duarte bomb? Like it's kind of like a, a Woj bomb, but a Duarte bomb. Uh, dropped, dropped a little bit of a Duarte bomb at the end of the game. Now, I want to talk about that some because I do think that opens up like an eye into what is coming for one Houston Cougars. But first, I got to tell you a little bit about if you're trying to like duct tape your ride together, keep things put together, and you, you're just kind of tired, like you're just tired of our Houston Cougars losing football games. You're just tired of holding things together with scotch tape. You got to go get the right parts. You got to do it at one E. Bay Motors because passion, drive, and patience are what brings home the winning trophy. It's what helps you keep your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, or just basketball because we're not doing well in football, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or die every time or you're running back because the ebay motors you're burning rubber and not cash with all the parts you need and the price you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com i wish it was as easy to win on the football fields is to win with ebay motors that would be really nice eligible items only exclusions class ebay guaranteed fits only available to u.s customers now i said i want to talk some about this duarte article this duarte article dropped at about what time is time stamp on this one at but uh, 4.58 Eastern time, because he's in Orlando, right? Am I reading that correctly? I think I'm reading that correctly. Uh, the game was over around 2 o'clock Central time, so it's really it's about an hour and change. I mean, I'm reading things wrong here. Between the ending of the football game and an article from Just Duarte titled UH, or U of H, to discuss Dana Holgerson's future after loss to UCF. That's the title. That's enticing. That pulls people in and credit Duarte for doing it because it does sound like that is part of what's being discussed. I will point out that the header pictures across the board here are all various missed tackles from the Houston Cougars um, and the toe tap interception. We didn't bring that up when we talk about what happened today. Donovan Smith had another really bad interception this game in which his receiver had been pushed out of bounds. And I guess if you're fighting for the call, that's one thing, but he threw where the defensive back could still get it while throwing it out of bounds um, in a, what was a pre-snap read that I will not understand. Um, now, Duarte continues with opening up by previewing or talking about what happened in that game very briefly and says uh, they're going to have a important discussion as early as Sunday about the future of the program. And at the top of that list is the future of one Dana Olson. Now, that does not mean that he is the only thing on that list. That does not mean that... Uh, anything is set in stone as of yet. I've talked to a couple people uh, that have a lot more money than I. Um, none of them are named Tillman for what it's worth. Um, and it's you know only a couple. They're not all by any stretch. So take that as you may. Um, but they had not heard anything dramatic as of this afternoon. But Holgerson and top school officials, and this is from Duarte, will meet as early as Sunday to discuss the future of the football program. Multiple sources brief on the situation told the Houston Chronicle. Um, and then it goes on to talk about how bad the season's been and so on and so forth. And I think a lot of people 
are taking that to look at, oh man, that's the the first domino. That's the thing before the thing. This is the tweet before the tweet that is Duarte ultimately telling us that the football program is moving in a different direction. Now, is that what's going? Oh, I like this Duarte bomb instead of a fart bomb because that's kind of what the football program feels like sometimes. A Duarte bomb. Well done, TI7791. Um, I feel like the deal here is that people are eager to jump ship and say something is happening. This is a big sign of big change. I think there are changes on the horizon. But I think as explosive as the title can be, and I think that's well put because that is something they're talking about. I don't mean to say that it's not. Um, I do think it's worth pointing out that there's not a conclusive detail or on anything like that in the rest of the article. Uh, Houston still would need to find around $15 million uh, just for Dana himself to move on. Um, I'm not saying that that money is not out there, but I'm saying that is a considerable amount of money. As I said in a previous podcast episode, that would be the seventh highest buyout in college football history, not in Houston Cougar history, not in Big 12 history, in college football history. Um, I get that it can be paid out in $300,000 a month. Most buyouts are paid out. Most buyouts are not paid out on the day of. The unique thing about Jimbo Fisher's buyout, the giant one made him slight side note, they're really hiring Mark Stoops. They're doing all that rigmarole to hire Mark Stoops. That is laughable. That is laughable. Poor Aggies. Um, I will say that uh, $300,000 a month is not a large percent a large percentage at any one point. Uh, the deal with Jimbo Fisher's about being so much money so fast is that that's a percentage of how much money they're spending on Jimbo, how much money the contract was, right? How much money the buyout was. Uh, most coaches do get bought out over a period of time, or a single donor says, "I have enough. Here's a check." The A&M situation, Texags, the online message board reported, uh, someone saw. Message boards will dig these things up. Um, a donation of $160 million. Uh, the final night of Jimbo Fisher's career at AM uh, that was put in play, put into the athletic department that night. So, yes, the next morning we go say, hey, we can spend a little over half this or a little under half this um, and go forward with changing directions. Um, that's a whole other thing. If someone wrote a $30 million check to Houston that did not go to the new football building, did not go to any other program, did not go to any other portion of athletics, just went to, hey, you might need this. I'm sure things would be different. I don't have a $30 million check. I barely got a $30 check, so I'm not going to be writing that. I will say that I do think that it feels like he's got another year. And I said in this article, it talks about how he's going to be involved in the meeting. And I do think that him being involved in the meeting means it's fairly serious. I also think that you'd have to be a level of cold-blooded that I don't know that Houston is to invite him to the meeting tomorrow and cut ties with them at the meeting tomorrow instead of just doing it today at the tarmac before getting on the plane. Now, I know some people say, no, the tarmac's harsher, the tarmac's harsher. Um, everyone is waiting on this meeting now, right? The anticipation for that is a whole different level of anticipation. And um, I I have to say that I think that's just a, a level of, again, calling him into this meeting to then say, okay, that's it, you're out. When it does not seem like or sound like from what I've talked to, heard, and read, all three, I've done all three, 
that that was the case before the Central Florida game. As bad as Central Florida game was, we had several of you guys arguing in the comments here, it wasn't the worst loss of the season. Um, I don't think that's what's happening. Now, I will say, uh, John Peterson asked where that comes from. It's in the article from the Chronicle. It says that Holkson and school officials meet as early as Sunday. He's in the meeting. Uh, he's in the meeting with the school officials. Um, now, I say as I look at this, I mentioned at the top, the things I think that bring people to that conclusion, though, and I don't think it's an unfounded conclusion. I think most schools, if they did not have a $50 million buyout on their head coach, would be at the same conclusion, um, is some of the commentary opened in the uh, cold open with, he said on August 2nd, this is a big 12 roster. My job is to mold it. He has since acted like it is not a big 12 roster. That's life in the big 12, he just said on November 12th. He said, at the end of the day, my goal is to play competitive football. I would argue today's game, the Oklahoma State game, for the most part, and the Cincinnati game were all not competitive. On November 18th, he said that was the goal, was to just be competitive. You're one of the Big 12, and we know it's going to be tough, and it was. It's not going to get any easier. It's not. That's what he said today. Um, now, I will say, when people have this desire and i see a lot of people talking about season ticket prices and season tickets and i i think the interesting thing will be and unfortunately it's going to be impossible to really do apples to apples data because any school would have had a large increase in uptick in ticket prices this year in the big 12 first in the big 12 right and it would be unless you won the big 12 totally understandable for any program to have a decrease in ticket prices between ticket sales uh, between this year and next year. So I just kind of feel like without any data in front of me saying that that's happening in the waves that I think Twitter, because Twitter can be an echo chamber, and the waves that it feels like Twitter is saying it's going to happen because that's the echo chamber that it is. I just feel like it's going to get written off as like a, a natural thing because it actually would not be. I'm sure Cincinnati, BYU, and Central Florida will also have a, a, a shown record spike this year and drop off next year. I'm sure... TCU in their first season, West Virginia in their first, I mean, you can go back to, you know, like you can see that kind of a trend across. So unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be the evidence. The evidence I see, though, is that in year one of the Big 12, you lost to, as several point, pointed out here, um, you lost to Rice, who is going to come in, it looks like, fourth or fifth in the American. I didn't watch the rest of the schedule, but it looked like they were going to win fourth or fifth in the American that conference. You lost at home to Cincinnati. Um it was not as close as the 10-point game came out to be, so I wouldn't call that a competitive loss either. I guess Rice was technically double overtime. You lost at home to Cincinnati, and they were a group of five team with your butts a year ago. You lost Central Florida at their place, and what was not a competitive 13-point loss, uh, was it 14-point loss either. You scored one offensive touchdown. It was in the first five minutes of football and did not score a touchdown again. Also not a competitive football game. So... Ultimately, eight losses or to teams that are in a similar boat to yourself or are not in the Power Five. And so if you're trying to be a competitive Power Five team, I think it stands to reason to ask, oh, shouldn't we, shouldn't we beat those? Wouldn't you start by beating those guys? And then you look at other things like, you know, you only beat UTSA by three points and quarterbacks running around have been in a wheelchair a month before and Frankly, UTSA is going to be a third place in the American team. They're having kind of an underachieving year relative to what I think expectations were. That was to open the year. And then I go to, and we'll go into our third segment kind of on this note. If you're going to make a change 
that is not the head coach. Because I, I, I just feel in my bones like that's not what it's going to be. You have the offense, which scored two or less offensive touchdowns in four games. It's hard to win football games like that. Or the defense, which allowed 35 or more points six different times. That's half your season. They allowed 35 or more points. Now, I want to talk about which direction that makes me think we're going to lean. But first, I want to talk about what you're, what you're going to do next. Not where the program is going next, but you're going to do next because there are no more Houston Cougar football games to go to. And whatever you're going to do, you should go get those tickets to that thing at game time. Download game time app today and go through and find all kinds of great deals on tickets. You can go to concerts, basketball, football, comedy, anything around the H. You can find tickets on game time. Uh, you can go through and find like a section, say, I want a seat in roughly this part of this section. They'll do the rest of the work for you. You can get an average savings of 18% if you let them do the work for you after that. You can also see the view from your seats ahead of time so you know exactly what you're going to be looking at. You get the best prices guaranteed. So if you get this a uh, lower price in the same row and section, they'll refund 100%, 110% of the difference. So make sure you go to Game Time right now to download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College. For $20 off your first purchase, that turns apply again. Create an account and redeem code locked on college, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E, for $20 off. Dial on game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Now, I want to talk about what's next, but what's next is y'all got a little bit into the weeds here with the comments. Uh, Transform Man says you had the game. So I want to pull up his. Transform Man says you had the game. This game should have been a blowout. What you're not mentioning is that the kicker of Central Florida missed two field goals and extra point. Uh, I thought I mentioned the kicker. Maybe I'm wrong there. I thought I mentioned the kicker, but uh, that is at least seven points. That's why I said it wasn't a competitive game. It's only two score game at technically at the end, but it was not a competitive game. He could just field goal quite literally into, I guess, Jamari Caldwell, Caldwell's stomach or somewhere in there. Um, I'm not saying what I want to happen, Kenneth. I'm saying what I'd like to happen. That seems, I, I do like coffee smell though. So that's fair. Um, Rusty Reed points out the Intranubia record and is going to pull up stats in a moment. I said though, um, but I have to say that Houston is going to be at the bottom of that ranking. Houston looks really bad in the newbies and that's a really bad sign considering all the natural resources. I want to say Houston has I say natural resources because you've got the recruiting base that should be Houston and things like that. Uh, speaking of recruiting bases, I wrapped the last second by saying I don't know what direction to argue to go when the offense scores two or less touchdowns in four games this season. The defense allowed 35 or more points in six different games. Um, big Jack. I love talking basketball. We'll talk a lot about basketball tonight's a football night, obviously. Um, but if I can get that to hide, can I get to hide? I can't get it to hide. Can I get a different one? Uh, Rusty points that. Oh, I can't get anyone to go. Um, John P Peterson points out I watch away games and attend home games to finish each uh, game embarrassed and angry at the inept game management play calling and players not equipped with fundamental coaching so which one do you replace we got all kinds of guys in offense and defense to go with here um, I think talk to me here what will happen is that Houston will replace Burchett who is ironically a guy I think Dana really likes, but he was technically the guy in charge with it. Sounds like the majority of the play calling this year. Um, Juan and comes in with fire. Dang. 
Kudra plays along the lines here. Um, I think what they end up doing is a firing for shit because he's a sacrificial lamb on offense. The offense was inept. I also think that giving that coaching spot up at a quarterback spot can open up the door to getting a actual offensive coordinator that then coaches quarterbacks because you have all you only get 10 official assistant coaches the rest of them are GAs and things like that and if you got rid of Burchett you could use an offensive one of the offensive five theoretically to get an offensive coordinator now they need that the court offense was atrocious at times this season and throughout the entire season even when it wasn't atrocious needed coordination things did not stem from one another we talked about it briefly once upon a time I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the offseason when we have Time to reflect on what went wrong. Um, but the offense needs coordination. It needs a coordinator. Full stop. Um, that has to be, I mean, whatever this meeting is on Sunday that Dana will be at, apparently, um, that has to be, like, number one, get him, right? Um, get an offense coordinator in the door. There are a bunch of options out there. I've been paying more attention to defense, though. The big firing from both a budgetary perspective and a coaching staff perspective is that there will be some some will call it a sacrificial lamb, um, which is just because they're not doing the head guy, I believe. But the defensive coordinator, Doug Belk, after a couple years as one of the higher paid coordinators and certainly in the American Conference and uh, in a large portion of college football, will be let go and relieved of his duties. Again, the defense gave up 35 or more points in half of the games this season season um but it wasn't just big 12 games uh you also gave up 41 points uh or 43 points by the time they went through overtimes to rice um and i think that that's gonna ultimately um those kind of things would be nails in the coffin um belk's defense at its peak i think we've got to remember had a lot of future pro football players on it um that 2021 season that was so magical had a lot of NFL football players and seven of them played defense, including Marcus Jones, who obviously had a fantastic rookie year with the New England Patriots, right? And that it's not bad to have great football players. I don't mean to say that, like, obviously every great defense will have future pros on it, but you start to see, like, the holes in it more as those guys graduate and you don't replace them with more future pro football players. Now, I don't necessarily think there are untalented guys in the defense. I think Nelson Caesar's a pro. I think David Guaycupu gets a chance. I think, frankly, you could see uh, like Malik Fleming, Isaiah Hamilton might even get something like a camp role for a pro team or something like that because while they're undersized, they are fairly talented. Their size beat them more often than they're talented, it seemed like to me. But across the board, I think you do see a defense that struggle for identity. And I think you saw that at moments when they switched from a four, two, five to a three, three, five, and kind of went back and forth. And there, I'm not saying defenses don't shift and change, but that's usually a good defense that is just manipulating what you're going to do. If you're a bad defense changing, it certainly comes off to the lay person, the person watching film, the person from afar as you don't know what you're going to do. What are they going to do that they're good at? I think both sides of the ball have this identity problem where you don't necessarily know like what they hang their hat on. What did they do very well? Defense has a coordinator. Defense needs a guy to sacrifice. Defense has a guy to say he's the guy we're cutting ties with. The other piece of this is when you bring in coordinators, and this is where I'm going to leave you as we somewhat tie into what I want to talk about on Monday's show because I'm still looking up stuff for on, on this one to get names to talk about. And we'll also know more by the time we get to the end of the meetings on Sunday. When you hire coordinators, you're going to be looking at guys that understand next year may be it for Dana Holgerson, right? 
Next year, maybe the year where it's like, listen, you won four year games in year one, and we got to get six games in year two, or you're done parts. Right? Like, like I think that kind of firmness needs to be had. And when they fire a head coach in the middle of a season, they do it in the middle of a season. You generally speaking finish the season out, not like mission, not unlike what Michigan's doing with Jim Harbaugh being suspended. Or what I'm currently watching on the side screen here, UCLA is doing with Chip Kelly being axed, or what AM did with uh, Jimbo Fisher getting released. You generally speaking give it to again the coaching staff, namely a coordinator. So the attraction of being the Houston defense coordinator, the attraction of being an offensive coordinator here, frankly, could very well come down to is this the job before the job or the job that turns into the job? for someone who wants that head coaching job because Dan Horgson might not get the entire 2024 season. And frankly, unless major changes happen, I don't, I don't know that he does. And you could very easily find someone to come in and say, Hey, I can step in and then be that guy. When he goes away, the other thing I'm going to think about Belk is not just because he's a coordinator and that'd be an attractive job to someone. Doug Belk's big thing as he's been here it's not just the 2021 defense which i think again i mentioned had a bunch of pros on it i saw a lot of commentary and you could see a lot of recruits committing to and tagging and doug belk at one point in his time at houston you could argue was the best recruiter on staff he got a lot of kids from the southeast part of the world uh he was pulling them in from georgia florida even some from like uh, East Alabama and pulling in Juco kids, Tank Dell included, right? And he was pulling in those kinds of guys. And I think it's worth pointing out that as recruiting for the program is maybe not where we want it. I like the eight high school kids we got. I really do. And I want to stress that every time because I don't think it's right to like just say the class sucks because it's not that the kids aren't what we want, it's that there's only eight of them in the high school class. But if your high school class for 2024 is capped at eight and you got a dude who's like the defense doesn't look so good and his best trait was being a, a recruiter, where's that? Where's that? We're not doing either one of those things. And that's ultimately why I think Belk fails out is the recruiting on his end has dried up. The defense has become porous. The defense lacks identity. And I think he was much better at all those things at a different point in time than he is now. And I hope he has a successful career after Houston. I'm not saying he has to be bad forever. I'm saying I think he's done here. If you think I'm different, you think I'm off, you think something else is going wrong, tell me in the comments down below. Uh, if you're listening to Cougars After Dark Live, thank you for tuning in with us live. If you listen to us after the fact, we are taking suggestions on how to do a weekly live show during basketball season because the games are kind of at all different funky nights. And bluntly, I'm coaching high school basketball, and so that means some of those nights are just kind of no-dos. Now, with that said, um, there is a big day in the program on Sunday. I don't know what the exact cut things coming out of that will be. I've talked to a couple people that don't know a whole lot but do know a little bit. Um, we will tackle Sunday, Monday morning. Again. Whatever comes out of the meetings on Sunday, whatever we hear by Sunday night, we will tackle Monday morning's episode. Okay, I don't intend on going live on Sunday unless something just catastrophic happens. Unless you know, Pesman himself gets fired, right? Something like just something you just can't touch, right? Um, so intend on. I'll probably do a little like you know YouTube short or something, but intend on whatever happens Sunday, 
continue to go about your day. Enjoy your day not thinking about it. And we'll talk Monday morning, Locked on Cougs. As we do each and every day, it's Locked on Cougs, the private Locked on Podcast Network, because that means even when you get embarrassed by the end of the season. Go Cougs. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.